Say that the podcast for your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host in the city of Chicago, and joining me for the two hundredth time wow. is Glenn yeah. Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Yes, thank you. Yes. <laughs> also joining us, Jed Brew, the director of Mission USA Productions. You're two hundred times welcome. <laughs> joining us all the way from wow. Oakridge, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. I can't believe people are still listening. That is a miracle. <laughs> well, we don't have any evidence they really are. We see some numbers <laughs> take over on the, the Google, but, uh, you know. So, yeah, episode 200. We yeah. made it. We made it. We made it. We didn't set this as a goal. We didn't really think this would happen, and nothing is going to change, but we made it. They said we couldn't nope. do it, Matt, this scrappy little podcast. Well, they said we shouldn't do it, and history <laughs> will be our judge. We started at the bottom. Now we're here. The bottom meaning that we started episode one. Yeah. And then having produced 200 And if episodes. you've heard episode one, that was the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Occasionally, we'll, I'll look in an email or I'll have a real-life conversation with someone, which I try to avoid, but people won't let me. They say, you know, I'm listening to podcasts. Here we go. Okay. You got to start listening to the back catalog. No. Okay. Don't do that. But the, here's the thing is we're 200 times better than totally. we started. Absolutely. That's that Gladwell right there. It takes so, 200 times to become an expert. I read that book. If we, <laughs> not sure that was the number, but here's well, the thing. I read the discount version. If we keep going to like a thousand, mm-hmm. it's going to be like so good. Sure, yeah. it'll just be like the thoughts of the Almighty. Yeah, yeah, so, sure. Wow. Probably that's exactly what it'll be. Well, on our 200th episode, we set a record for getting to blasphemy, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's so we are getting better at some things. On that basis, I declare an emergency! Okay. It's time for the 2015 Say Thatties. The Thatties. Our annual, because I think we've done it once, we have done it twice, Say That Awards Show. We need a, a, a gala music. We do. Do you want that, like, now? Yeah, please. Boo, boo, do, 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 boo, 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 boo. It felt like I was at, at a, on the red carpet. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Pretty Jed Brewer, awesome. musical professional. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You're welcome. Well, so I do like. Yeah, that's. Uh, I do enjoy the old school. Just kind of um, Jed writes you a did, a little ditty on demand. Kayla, <laughs> <Right>. go. <laughs> I like that a lot. Okay, so. Give me a C. A bouncy C. (laughs) From our team at the Say That World headquarters who poured over the hours and hours of audio we put out this week, done some deep fan polling, worked with people at Gallup, I believe. Mm. Right. That explains why there's a thing in here about Ben Carson's numbers going down. I don't think that's for us. Okay. Page somewhere else. All right. So we start with our first category. Price Waterhouse. uh, The sealed envelope, which has been carried under lock and key and armed guard. There you go. Best beard. Oh, boy. Wow. How many are? It's always an exciting category. Always exciting. Competitive category. 
Repeat nominee, Jesus. Okay, yeah, that's a good option. Strong, strong. One would think that given the premise of this podcast, you would be at a marked advantage. <laughs> Perennial favorite, certainly. Yes. Yeah. Second nominee, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Right. Strong. Always strong. Always strong. Not a full beard. Yeah. Let the mustache out. We'll see how the judges react to that. Okay. That's it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Yeah. We'll see if it works out for him. And final nominee, Matt King. Ooh. Wow. I did not see that coming. That's <laughs> lovely. Well, he has a strong beard. He That's certainly no does. About it. The winner, and I don't want to spoil alert, kids, retaining champion would be one Mr. Matthew King. Woo! Woo! I think a speech is in order, and I'd like to thank Glenn. Yep. He doesn't have anything to do with my beard, but he is my boss, and he likes being thanked. So thank you to Glenn. I like to feel as though in many ways I inspire the beard. There's no doubt about that. Well, you did make me move to Chicago, which is... Part of why we have to have beards of self-defense, yep. right. because the wind is trying to kill us. And at one point, you did shave your beard off. Yes. And I gave you some encouraging coaching on that. Yeah. Yep. Some would call it uh, open mockery. Yeah. Well. <laughs> and you were right. No one's not saying you weren't right. The only thing I said is, what's the deal with your face? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> As the owner of said face, the man had a point. All right, we move on. Our second you, you category. Know, it, it, you know, when I hear myself say it a second time, it kind of sounds schmucky. Love that. I, I think it was helpful. Well, anyway. And a key note, we, we, not to spoil the category, we'll be coming up to fashion tip of the year. And for me, the fashion tip of a lifetime has been as much of my face as I can cover. Let's just go ahead and do that. Sure. All right, so we move on to our second category, Nemesis of the Year. Ooh. The nominees are Joel Osteen and his army of time-traveling cyborgs. Yeah, yeah. As I, I read it as written, folks. Canada. Yeah, sure. Always. And... Final Always. nominee for Nemesis of the Year, TV's Kevin Sorbo. Ooh, Ooh yeah. yeah. Strong. Good. Yeah. Made a strong push this year. He really did. The winner is chosen by our blue ribbon panel of judges. Folks, this might be a bit of an upset. The winner this year is TV's Kevin Sorbo. Yes. Whoa! That's huge. That, that, have, that was surprising. It may have something to do with the fact that we sat through no, no Joel Osteen sermons, but almost three quarters of God's Not Dead. <laughs> and that was and rough. That will make a nemesis of someone. Yeah. A new category this year, Best Fashion Tip. Ooh, okay. Yeah, okay. 2015 Thaddy's nominees for Best Fashion Tip. Number one, knowing when you can pull off a smoky eye. Uh, okay, sure. Okay. sure. That's strong. It's right important. There. you got to yeah. know these things. Mm-hmm. Second nominee for Best Fashion Tip, Infinity Scarves are out. Okay. Wow. A yeah. controversial take yeah, that this was, year. Yeah, that was a lot of buzz on that yeah. one. Our final nominee in the category Best Fashion Tip, Bikini versus One Piece Advice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the that's, winner... That's a tight race right there. Absolutely. A lot of strong contenders. The winner is Infinity Scarves. Ooh, wow. okay. Wow, all right. Yeah, that's, now... That's, that's a shocker. The winner is listed as Infinity Scarves, so I'm not sure if that means the Infinity Scarves are outtake or Infinity Scarves won in Glenn's attempt to um, maybe regain some points with various friends, acquaintances, and relatives he may have alienated with his Infinity Scars <laughs> advice. Take it how you will. There were some you know. folks who weren't happy with that one. Yeah, there was All a lot right. of controversy. Uh, this is a favorite category. Our next category, 2015, that is Best Jed. Okay. Nice. Yes. Yes. We have there our first many. nominees. Strong, multiple-time nominee, Legalistic Jed. Always a favorite. Mm, yeah, that's no, good. Could we, could we maybe hear a little from Legalistic Jed? 
Well, I suppose it would be requisite to say that it's an honor to be nominated, uh-huh. but uh, I don't seek the praise of man, Glenn. Oh, I, um, see. I, <laughs> I, I see. I seek the praise of him who sits on the throne of judgment. Beep, boop, <laughs> 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 They're playing him off. They're playing him off. <laughs> Our second nominee, Osteen Jed. Ooh. Or, if you prefer, Jed Steen. <laughs> <laughs> Our final winner. Our final nominee, a niche nominee, but the folks who were in the audience for it really enjoyed it. Christmas legalistic game. <laughs> yes. That's right. <laughs> that was intense. It was the winner intense. is Christmas yeah. legalistic no. game. Yeah. Yeah. For those yes. who don't remember, Jed, if we could get the one minute recap of now I'd like as regular Jed telling yeah. us what Christmas legalistic Jed did to earn this award. Okay, so um, we had a, a party where we, you know, had some people that are kind of key volunteers of the ministry over to, to Glenn's place, and we had you know finger foods and, and whatnot. And uh, a couple of members of the staff were, were leading some Christmas carols, and, and we're all being goofy. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a fun time. We're all we're all relaxed. But um, w- w- I don't remember which song it is, but the one uh, "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." Right. If the fates allow, which line says, you know, we'll, you know, in the year we'll all be together if the fates allow, and the thing is that's that's technically a pagan idea um right so um because i have no self-restraint and i am a 12 year old um i stood to my feet shouted that's a pagan idea unacceptable god determines things threw my paper to the floor and then sat down in a huff (laughs) um and this was uh, very entertaining to those of us who knew what the bit was. Yeah, to the two other yokels on this show. And shocking and disturbing to our guests. Everyone else. <laughs> I enjoyed it enough to take a picture and post it on the internet. So, That's true. Yeah. Our friends who may have been um, a professional um, Lutheran church women yeah. did not get... The premise. <laughs> yeah, right. well, I, I think one thing that's remarkable is in the picture that Glenn posted online, the height of Jed's eyebrows. That's right. <laughs> it yeah. is yeah. his legalistic ire. Just yeah, the was, eyebrow yeah. height was amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was the, that really gets, flared nostril. Yeah. The, uh, a sub award for the Dwayne Johnson Memorial Eyebrow Height. Yes. Yeah. All right. We move on to our, fi- our next category here. Drug scandal of the year. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, good. some of your more cowardly award shows, halls of fame and whatnot, look down on drug scandals. We, we feel that they should them. be celebrated. Right. Maybe we should be in charge of cycling. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> drug scandal of the year. The first nominee, Lee takes steroids. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I remember, Lee, some PED-infused wisdom. Yep. Yeah. Our second nominee. Pretty intense. Glenn is all hupped up on NyQuil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had a little bit of a head cold, that and was I, was ri- I was riding the Green Dragon. We yeah. may have had a couple of those this year. So I think we did. As a team, they take it. Our final nominee, Drug Scandal of the Year. Glenn is zonked out on post-op pain meds. <laughs> That's got to be the winner. That's got to be it. <laughs> I, was pretty, I was pretty zonked out. Mr. Brewer, if you were a betting man, you would have taken some money because the winner is post-op Glenn post-op yes. podcasting with an open gut wound. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. They it cut him open like a fish. <laughs> Elbow deep, that surgeon was. I said, stop it, you're tickling my spine. Here's the thing that we need to know about about future, about any future drug scandals is that anybody else on the podcast who is sick and on drugs, you still are not more sick than Glenn is. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so we move to our final of the... 
nominated categories. We have a lightning round, but we have two more of the full-on official laddies. Best behaved, say that podcast member. Right. Some would say that this is not going to be a tight race. Yeah. yeah. Our first nominee, Lee Younger. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Our second nominee. Uh, our second through fourth nominees, uh, Matt King, Jed Brewer, and Glenn Fitzgerald, have all been declared ineligible for this award. <laughs> oh. So okay. the winner in a bit okay. of a walk. Lee Younger. <laughs> All right. Well, that's sort of a default sure. thing. A little you, bit of a low bar. Yeah, Vegas right, was yeah. not even taking bets on that the, one, folks. The two yeah, sweetest words in the English language. <laughs> default. Woo! Yeah. Default. Default. <laughs> folks, the, the Simpsons during the 90s was good stuff. Yeah. All right. Worst podcast fans of 2015. Ooh, Worst. Wow. First nominee, fans of the Joel Osteen podcast. Oh, right. okay. Sure. 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 Yeah. They are numerous, but they are not great. Fans of the mysteriously still in existence Mark Driscoll podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That is mysterious. Yes. Not as mysterious as him getting paid conference speaking gigs. Our final nominee for Worst Podcast Fans 2015. Fans of all non-say that podcast in general. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sure. That makes sense. I'd say we probably said it's a heavy favorite. Those people are pretty awful. Yeah, Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And the winner is... And again, I read the text given to us and written on the Price Waterhouse, Price Waterhouse envelope. Fans of the Mark Driscoll podcast, I mean, come on, people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The good people at Price Waterhouse are on our side on that one. So now we have, we move on to our distinguished lightning round. Okay. With okay. some of our, our memorial awards, some of our sponsored awards. We move into the profitable part of the show here. The 2015 Edith Love Rumple Award for Most Offensive Singleness of the Year. Wow. I got a bad feeling about this one, folks. And sure enough, the winner is Matt Kane. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I will take a, a moment out to say we've we've had a missive from one Miss Edith Love Rumple. Ooh. Came in just yesterday. The quote, and uh, Edith, for a gal who is the age of what we assume it is of someone named Edith Loverumple. Uh The subject of this email is 58 minutes and 20 seconds into the new podcast. This is the one Glenn and I put out a couple weeks ago is when this right. was sent in. And I read, the, I read it as written. Boys, in the, latest, in, in the latest episode to say that, I heard our friend Matt King say exactly this. Quote, the Bible says finding a wife is a good thing. That's in the Bible. Unquote. <laughs> That's my new ringtone, y'all. Love, Edith. <laughs> wow. So, okay. That's maybe when Matt learned an important lesson about saying things in a recorded medium. Yep. Right. Our next category, maybe. the unofficial Doctor Who. Don't sue us, BBC. Unofficial Doctor Who. Say that f- Say that furthest traveled superfan. A note, this award is for travel through space, not time. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, that's That one's less verifiable. Right. The winner is New Zealand's own Miss Bridie Palmer. Ooh, Yay. yeah. This is a testament to two things. One, Bridie's uh, love of travel, her uh, enjoyment of the podcast, and the benefit of Twittering Glenn and saying this should be a category and I should win. Yeah. Right. Because we are not above pandering even a little bit. We celebrate show. that She's sort of thing. She's been known to send New Zealand candy. That's true. Yep. Pineapple lumps don't hurt nothing, people. That's because of Bridie, I've had Marmite. Have you allowed me to have Marmite? Probably I didn't not. think so. That's why you uh, left hanging. Uh-huh. Are we 100% sure that Marmite is a positive? <laughs> <laughs> you either do or you don't, I think. Yeah. 
The 2015 Audubon Society Award for Outstanding Care for Birds that Crave Human Flesh. <laughs> <laughs> the winner is Jed Brewer. Wow. Dang right it is. Bird is fine. 2015 Wedding of the Year. Note. In order to be considered eligible, this has to be a wedding we were not invited to. Okay. Those are the only good kind of weddings. Okay. The winners are Mike and Nicole Rondazzo. Wow. Now, we had many fine weddings this year. This is a very tight race. We had uh, Haley and Andrew. Sure. We had David and Lauren. Sure. The key is that Mike and Nicole took up an offering and gave it to Mission USA, and bribing always works. Yes. That's right. Yes. This is Chicago. We are a Chicago podcast. The path to victory is a simple one. We've got this podcast, and it's golden. It is golden. (laughs) On a serious note, it is true. Yeah, we got... Don't Google any part of that. Let's just <laughs> no. keep on rolling. We got Blagojevich jokes. Oh. Trying try to tell a heartwarming story, and Jed's got Blagojevich jokes. <laughs> Boom. That's how you get at that. All right. Christian movie of the year, wow. 2015. <laughs> wow. This yeah. is going to be uh, interesting. You know, some say an early Oscar predictor. Okay. The winner, 2015 Daddy for Christian movie of the year, is... Jurassic World. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to have a talk with the world headquarter representatives about what the criteria for Christian movie is. Well, it uh, had a lot of uh, it. it, What was uh, it was an allegory? Oh, okay. For uh, for dinosaurs eating people. Yeah, the dinosaurs are sin. Right. All right. Right. That's, that's what sin does. Right. It devours you. You try to get it in a little plastic ball jeep and roll around sin like it's not going to get you, but it is. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's that. You 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 get it. Yep. So hey, there man. you go. I got the vision. All right. Our final award. Our final daddy for 2015. Best say that podcast super fan. This is a tough one. Yeah. A lot of people want it. We only have one to give, and the winner is you. We mean yeah. you specifically. Not everyone else listening to the podcast. Just, just, you. just you. You're the best. You are the best. Not these other losers. Nope. Just you. <laughs> wow. Isn't, isn't I, the second person fun? <laughs> I think um I think this this podcast and the awards we've just we've gone down a big notch here. Yeah. yeah. Did we have a notch to go down? I think we peaked. Now we're going down. That's what's happening. We're going down. We just want to pander to you. That's true. There's some other award shows, all of the other ones, who are like, no, we we represent excellence in a thing. We really think these people who won these Grammys put out the best music the whole year. They're not the people who had the largest grossing tours. That's just coincidence. We're openly pandering, taking bribes, and sucking up. It's Chicago, baby. This is what th- we're doing it the way it's supposed to be done. Absolutely. All right. If you would like to be in contention for a 2016 Thaddy, you can start sucking up right now. You know what the <laughs> easiest way to get an Argent Graces is? Well, it's baked goods. But before that, Bridgebox. Woo! Woo! You put yourself in contention for a Thaddy, and you get some awesome stuff. You get Bible studies, sermons, songs, lots of cool stuff. But you, most importantly, you can support the ministry we're doing. We have part-time employees. We have people going to job interviews, people getting into homeless shelters, people getting into job programs, meeting people at the jailhouse. None of that could happen without our Bridgebox supporters. They are the real winners. That's right. <laughs> That's actually true. That's absolutely true. 
I think everyone named in the in the thaddies was a Bridgebox supporter. So sure. coincidence? Mm. I think not. not. Mm. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox. We're gonna jump into our first question here. It's Comes a doozy. Anonymous. It came into our email address. This is the first ever multimedia question we've had. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be able to put up the YouTube link because I'm not opening this again because I don't want to watch it again. But I'll give you the gist of it. Okay, so this person says, I was on Tumblr just scrolling away like you do, and I saw an article about rich Christian, quote-unquote, prosperity gospelers. I clicked on the video. Um, you, you may have learned an important lesson about why not to do that. Yeah, that was bad. And idea. I just... There are no words. I didn't know whether I should laugh or cry and what else there is to do in a situation like that, except immediately send the delicious, abhorrent clickbait to the Say That HQ. Also, who are these poor people sending money to these old white dudes? I thought televangelism was an 80s, 90s deal. Is this really still a thing? Just ugh. Ugh, indeed. So I, before I throw this to Glenn to start us off, I shall give you a short description of the video that I watched and cannot unwatch. Yep. So we have a couple of very famous prosperity gospel preachers. We generally go with the process of not naming people on the show, and I'm going to stick to that just because it's an easy rule to stick to. And it really doesn't matter which one specifically it is. Um, so this is two old white dudes. Um, and one of them is telling a story about how he's flying back from the thing where he was preaching with, and this is a name I'll give you because you know this dude's crooked and it's an amazing name. You know, I was preaching with Creflo Dollar. Yep. That's a real guy. He's a prosperity gospel preacher, and his last name of his stage name is Dollar. Yes. And people are just cool with that. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this dude is saying, I'm that thing preaching with Creflo, and I'm coming back on my private plane. Yep, like you do. And then tells a story about talking to God out loud, <laughs> which is, you know, that's whatever. People listen to Lord another But he says, the thing is, and I hear the Lord say, are you happy with your plane? And I say, well, yes, Lord, I am. And I thought, is this the moment where it's going to be like, you should be willing to give it up, and I'm going to Isaac it, or whatever? Said, oh, so you're just, you're just happy with one private jet, huh? Is your faith that small? You're complacent. Mm. Is your faith that limited? Have you become complacent in your faith exactly rightly? And then these two old white dudes start talking about how ministry can't happen without private jets. Yep. Right. Because you got to be talking to the Lord out loud and walking around, and we go to all these places, yep. and uh, we can get to them without private jets, as if there are places that have private jet airfields that don't have commercial flights. Yeah. And I don't work for the FAA, but that's not a thing. Yeah. But... Also, these planes are full of demons. Yep. Super duper. If you got them at Goodwill, they are. Which is a thing they said out loud on that yep. interview. Those... <laughs> What, why do you think they call it Spirit Airlines? <laughs> Ooh. Boom. So uh, we want to talk less about the specific uh, video, but it is real stupid. <laughs> but on the televangelist thing, because unfortunately that is still a thing, and yeah. it also is rooted in some of the same things of some other not cool church stuff we talk about. So right. Glenn, why don't you give us a quick rundown of that whole situation? Yeah, let's look at sort of big picture of how we got here, because I think it'll help us figure out how to have a sane response to it. Uh, if you look at the uh, the uh, the end of the nineteen uh, or the beginning of the nineteen hundreds, end end of the eighteen hundreds, you had a number of uh, 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 ministries that were based on the idea of a mass evangelism, this yeah. idea of a revival yeah. mm-hmm. for those who are in church that sort of needed to get uh, more excited and. Uh, people who are outside the church that needed to accept the Lord. 
so that uh, really kind of the, 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 the most well-known person on that at the end of, of that century was D.L. Moody. Mm -hmm. And uh, that carried itself forward to a, a guy by the name of Billy Sunday. And uh, then that torch was kind of passed to Billy Graham. And all of these people uh, preached a fairly straightforward, simple, plain vanilla gospel message and were really focused on evangelism. Now, what they would tell you is their goal was to get you to come forward and make a commitment for Christ to become saved. And then on Sunday morning, you would go to church somewhere. Uh, that for all those ministries that there was a set thing you know billy graham's ministries all of these like billy graham comes rolling into chicago he is meeting with the pastors of the church representatives who are going to come to the rally so you came up you accepted the lord okay where do you live well i live in k-town okay here's our k-town guy you go with him now exactly right the the whole idea is to funnel people into a more permanent church solution i'm just taking care of one small part of this thing which is the uh, one forward small step of making the decision for Christ. It's a super important step, and it's great to have a ministry that just focuses on that and does a good job with it. So that's fine. There's nothing horribly wrong about that. Uh, I don't know if that's the ideal way of doing it, but it works, and it has worked for a long time. That sort of morphed itself into televangelists and radio uh, evangelists. But the problem with that right away is you can't, you, you wouldn't have counselors on hand that would talk to that person after they accepted the Lord and after they came forward and that counselor would not be able to give them information about going to the church. So it really became, I'm it. I'm, I, I'm the host, so you send me your money. And the other thing functionally feeding that is if you're uh, Billy Sunday, Billy Graham, you, you do the thing in Chicago, then the next day you do the thing in Milwaukee, so you have these audiences. If you're on radio or on TV, you kind of have to start tailoring this message to get the same people to tune in right. every week or every day. So it can't be a handoff thing in any way. Exactly. So you have a, a model that doesn't allow for discipleship. Now, that's a key problem. There's a lot of uh, evangelism maybe happening through that. But the discipleship is not there. You don't have anyone mentoring. You don't have a church either. Yep. Um, uh, what these outfits found is you can't make a lot of money unless you're a little bit shady with that. And you can't make money unless you target older people. Yep. Uh, it's all of these uh, televangelists, their audience skews way older, and that's most of where their money comes in from, and, and often from older uh, people who don't, uh, don't have a good eye on their own finances. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, don't, you know, uh, uh, and maybe aren't totally in their right mind. So then you have that birthing itself into the megachurch movement. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing about all of that is the, the problem with that model, and we use that word a lot, but it's, uh, when I say model, I mean just a setup in which, a strategy in which you're trying to do ministry. The problem with that is it's all one person. Mm -hmm. It's all Billy Graham or it's all Billy Sunday or it's uh, this uh, televangelist mm -hmm. or it's this megachurch pastor or whatever. And the illusion is this one guy's amazing. We gotta have this guy. We get, this guy needs a private plane so he can get from here to there because this one guy is the only guy who can do this. Yep. Let me contrast that with what we do really quick and, and, and I'll try and shorten this up. Uh, what we do is to focus everything on discipleship. Yep. So when I uh, hire guys like Matt and Jed, my instruction to them is multiply yourself. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, you can't get everything done. You can't reach everybody. So you have to raise up more people that are like you to do what it is that you're doing. So uh, we just came, I just came from the Cook County Jail. We're doing a, a, a service there. But those guys know, have known us for a while. Uh, they've all accepted the Lord. They're all lined out and ready to go. They have their own Bible study on the deck. They have their own prayer time there. They have their own praise time where they sing songs, all of that. They, there is a ministry happening there. When we come in, we're coming in to assist them in the ministry they're doing that we had a hand in starting. That's there's a church there that has happened. Mm-hmm. This is what Paul did. He would go, mm-hmm. he would start a church and build that up, and then you know travel around and 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 uh, you know, build, uh, multiply himself through other people and build up those churches and what have you. This is what good ministries do. They mm-hmm. multiply themselves. If you have one guy at the top and there's never anybody that he trains or raises up, uh, uh, then then there's a problem with that. Real quick final point. It's not about the money in terms of these guys do. I mean, these guys get hideous, sickening amounts of money. Yeah. You just wouldn't mm-hmm. believe. Well, I looked up, actually, one of the guys on the video, his net worth is estimated at $40 million. I mean, it's, it's just it's out, way out of control. But the question, that's sickening, that's awful, it's, it's, it's sinful. But the question is, who's not getting that money? Yep. Poor, these, these private planes aren't shipping food to poor people. Uh, he's not urging you to give sacrificially to poor people. He's saying, give it to me for me to have a plane. Yep. There's money being vacuumed away from worthy ministries. And it, the difference between that and even like a good evangelical message is, at this point, these people aren't doing evangelism. You know, no one's That's going right. to the insert televangelist here rally because they might want to get saved. Right. Right. They're going to preach to people who are already in a church that pays a significant amount of money to bring this dude in. Right. So th- th- literally nothing's getting done for that money. Yeah, and there, and, and as you're hinting at. Uh, we're getting now into areas of doctrinal weirdness. This guy's going to bring a prophetic word. He's going to do something super spectacular that's not even written in the Bible. And, you know, this is where we're going to get into problems. Absolutely. And, Jen, maybe you can pick up on the... uh, So that's what it is. Glenn gave us a great rundown of kind of what we're dealing with here. So then there's the what do we do with that uh, answer. And the answer may be, in a weird way, less than you think about televangelist stuff, but more than you might think about other stuff. Well, I think there's a, there's a broad thing here. Something that I think a lot of young people struggle with online is they don't know what to do with outrage, mm-hmm. right? I right. see something that is wrong and outrageous, and I feel a sense of outrage over it, and, and I don't know where to go with that. I don't, so I tweet about it, and I put up a Tumblr post about it, and, I, you know, and I'm, I'm angry about it, and then I'm moving on to the next thing that I'm outraged about. Right. Um, the thing is you probably have almost zero ability to do anything about the fact that these televangelists exist and are robbing old people right. of their money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, uh, believe me, it's, it's wrong and it's evil and it's, um, it's, it's more evil than you think. This was back in, in the 80s, which was kind of the, the, the heyday of a lot of this stuff. My dad, we lived in rural southern, southwestern Georgia, and uh, my dad visits an old lady um, who l- watches a very famous televangelist every day, and she has, and she's very poor, she has pictures on her wall of advertisements, food from advertisements where she's cut out pieces of food and she's pasted them to the wall. And, and my dad you know, visits with her for a while and he says, why... You know, you know, Miss Susan. Just out of curiosity, why, 
why have you done this? And she, she explains, well, um, you know, sometimes I don't really have money for food. So when I get hungry, I just look at these pictures of food um, and then I feel better. That's, that's what I do. This is an old lady who is sufficiently poor. She can't buy enough food to eat. Is taking the free mailers that they send you with pictures from Red Lobster or whatever, mm-hmm. cutting out the food she thinks looks good, pasting it to her wall, and looking at pictures when she gets hungry. Mm-hmm. That's that's what she's doing. And she sends a check to the televangelist every week. Man, dude. Every week. Okay. It's it's. I say that to you to tell you it's more wrong than you think it is. Oh, it's yes. it's maximum nuclear blast level wrong. But you don't have the ability to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, these these guys they don't care what you think. They don't care what Twitter posts you put up. That it, it makes All, no both difference. Both of the to people. Uh, not to interrupt you. Oh, both of the people in this video are known far and wide for being completely crooked. No, Absolutely. no one's confused about that in terms like of the larger world. State investigations for being oh, yeah. crooked. Oh, yeah. So I tell you that to say that there are other things that you can do something about. There are injustice where you live that you can affect. There are, it, they may not do the same exact thing. There are old ladies in your community who don't have enough to eat, and you personally can do something about that. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. get involved with a food pantry. You can get involved with a food shelter. You can get involved with Meals on Wheels. You can do something about that. Mm-hmm. If you want to do something, if you want to respond to the evil of televangelists or anything else, then take the sense of outrage that you feel on that and let it move you to action on something you can do. Find a good fight that you can fight and get in it. Um, The the only way that this world gets better is one step at a time with people doing something positive and productive with their outrage. And you can do that. You are not going to stop, you know, Robert Tilton from defrauding elderly people. Uh, Many have tried before you. That dude's the energizer bunny of fraud. Um, But you can look out for the people in your community and make sure that the kids get enough to eat and the old people get enough to eat and that the people at the nursing room have someone to visit with and the people at the jail get someone to come and tell them about Jesus. You can do those things. Find your fight and get in it. Amen. That's a fantastic point. I love that last bit because there are some uh, level needs that lead to this. And one of these is, uh, as Glenn pointed out, uh, there's a lot of old people who may not have entirely control of their faculties who sit in front of the TV all day. That's what yeah, they do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So actually, visiting an old person can actually take down the uh, televangelist industry yep. kind mm-hmm. of one brick at a time. And Lee, maybe if you can close it out on this, which is um, there's some underlying stuff here that is super not cool. And I think when younger folks, as Jed is pointing out, come across stuff, particularly Christian stuff, that is based on something that's or nominally Christian stuff that's super not cool, there's this idea of, well, that's a thing that shouldn't be and if we can just mobilize, we'll all take that out. And that's unfortunately just not the way things work and maybe not a good use of your energy. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I, I do want to start out by saying I love that line that Jed said, the Energizer, Energizer Bunny of Fraud. I felt like <laughs> if there was like a, a rap song where all of the televangelists, this would be like that would be the beginning of that guy's verse when he comes in. <laughs> that's how he introduces himself. You just described Glenn's waking nightmare by the way. That <laughs> song by Televangelist. That's true. Yeah. So, um, you're welcome, Glenn. Wow. But uh, I, one of the things that strikes me about this is it, you know, as you wrote this in, there's just such an obvious, wow, this is the most messed up thing in the world. We can all just have a collective, oh, you know, just 
this is so evil it's so it's so terrible one of the thing that 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 strikes me is that there is a ton just a ton of christian stuff a ton of stuff in christian culture that's a little more subtle than this but super duper evil as well and super duper yeah. not straight and not not the message of the gospel you know just the idea whether it's uh whether it's uh really shiny christian movies or really popular christian books or gigantic shiny christian you know gigantic churches that basically say you know if you have god on your side then you're going to have perfect kids and a perfect life and a, you're going to be successful in the thing and you'll wear a sweater and every you know and and everything will be fine and your marriage will be a piece of cake and all that kind of stuff and i think one of the things that we have to start learning and 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 you know this is especially true for for younger for younger believers that have all this access to all this internet stuff is you've got to have a lot of discernment just because somebody yeah. is a christian just because some this book is a christian book or this movie is a Christ, quote unquote christian movie or this person is a a preacher that's popular on tumblr or twitter or whatever or youtube or something it doesn't mean that you need to take what they're saying wholesale yeah because the thing is is that the the like we're saying the televangelist stuff is obviously so ridiculous and yet there's some very very corrosive things that are getting in under a lot of people's radar and we need to have a lot of discernment about that we need to be super picky about the teaching that we listen to we need to be super picky about you know the books that you read and all that kind of stuff and it is a you know and and I think a, a huge part of where that starts is that the that I make a decision that the people that speak into my life are people who serve who have actually done something where they have cared for someone they have they've got war stories from their ministry experiences they they actually have done something and i've seen that and especially they've served me and i can see their walk in my daily life we've got to start exercising the kind of discernment that where we've got a better filter and we're not yeah. a, here's the thing you it is not a bad thing for you to say you know what that's great that you love that book i'm not interested in any way you don't lose any Christian points. You don't whatever. I mean, we have the Bible is our authority, and we need to go to the New Testament to see what, you know, you look at Jesus and all of his disciples, who, by the way, they were all poor and they were all horribly executed for their troubles. Um, and so n none of this stuff lines up, obviously. But outside of the New Testament itself, you don't have to watch those movies. You don't have to read those books. And we need to start exercising a lot of discernment about who we let in because there's a lot of stuff that's not crazy like this, but is very subtle and is very corrosive. Amen. No question. Amen. Amen, dude. I think that's a fantastic point. A couple of the things I would kind of look at on this is I think Lee makes a wonderful point that there are one of the ways we can use something that's so out of pocket like this to actually do some good is to, in our own lives, look at... What's going on here that I accept in other forms? It's something we all fall into. So a guy says, you know, hey, we, we need a jet to do this. That obviously trips your tripwires. Now, there are some people when a pastor goes for him and says, you know, I know I know we got this huge building, but I think if we really wanted to get it done, we'd need a gargantuan building. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not the same, quite the same thing as with the doctrinal hankiness of you know, God will bless us and we'll you know, decree and declare that we'll have this. But that idea of in order to get the ministry done, yep. we may need this thing that will make me seem super cool. 
So, but hey, that's on God, y'all. We need a Jesus dome, Matthew. Absolutely, we just do. Got to have the Jesus dome with the Jesus cable cam. <laughs> if you had, en- if you had enough faith, sure. maybe you'd have a Jesus dome. If you had some right. vision. Everybody else is just jealous of our cable cam. <laughs> that's why I don't like it. But even the thing as uh, to Glenn's point from the beginning of anybody saying, "Hey, there's this dude who figured it out, and he wrote it down in a book." Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. That's how we know it's good. And even that kind of this is something we all fall into. And I, me as bad as anyone else say, you know, well, why? Why is this guy with the book? It has sold a ton of copies. It was a movement. OK. But what about the content of it? What well, made me feel like I could just do anything? There it is. OK. But are we checking that against some other things? Because. Um, the interesting thing we talked about this a little bit in the episode, the manipulation tricks don't change. At the core, yeah, right. it's the same kind of, hey, we're all, it's it's all advertising. It's, you know, hey, there's a thing happening. You don't want to miss out on the thing. And, hey, this guy's super awesome. Everybody else thinks he's super awesome. Don't right. you think he's super awesome? Right, right. So there are some things we look at this and say, wow, that is super screwed up. That's super boned. Um, we can look for ways to um, kind of counteract the things that maybe on this is, Jed pointed out, and as Lee pointed out, we can kind of look for, is there a way the Lord may want me to fortify myself against something of probably a far settler, but the same kind of deal? And it's all a lot of really good stuff. So we'll be on our next question here. It comes in anonymously in our Tumblr box, and it says, How come married people still tell single people who want to be in a relationship that the reason why we want to be married is because Jesus isn't enough for us? How can that even be fair or acceptable? It's like the answer is to be single for even longer. What the heck? What the heck, Jed? <laughs> what the heck, indeed. Dude, I'm sorry they've told you that. That's not true. Um, and it's super uncool for them to say it to you. Um, the Bible... Yeah, there's, there's no way biblically or logically that that could be true. Yeah, right. the, the Bible, uh, before sin entered the picture, says that God looked at Adam and said, it is not good for man to be alone. Right. Um, that that was not Adam's estimation. That was God's right. estimation. Um, I, I think it, and I may be a little loose with my translation, but I think it was pretty close to this boy needs help. Yep, yep. I mean, if if he sees if he says he needs a helper, yeah, then that's you know that's the basic thought. And while people are quick to quote Paul talking about, you know, uh, the, the virtues of singleness, Jesus actually talked about the virtues of marriage. Uh, so um, uh, God is... Well, Paul said one reason to get married is to if that you should get married if you burn with desire. So yeah. if you're thinking about, well, it'd really be nice to be married, congratulations, Paul thinks you should get married. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the Bible is pro-marriage. The Bible is almost certainly pro-marriage for you in your life. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be married. There's nothing wrong with wanting to share your life with someone. That is not a sign of weak faith on your part. That's a silly, silly, unbiblical idea. And I know these other brothers are going to tee off on that a bit. I'd actually like to, to pull the camera back and talk about kind of that broader thing because it actually pertains to our last question in your life people are going to say a certain amount of really dumb stuff to you and then sprinkle some jesus on top Uh of it say it and now you've just got to take it right i've handed you a crap sandwich Uh but i put jesus on it take a great big bite and smile (laughs) right all right right. that is not how life works uh what they're doing here is they're saying you have a thing you want you're wrong right uh that's that's not how grown people handle their business that's certainly not how christian people handle 
handle their business. And that's not how God handles his business. Um, It's important. It's a mark of maturity to give yourself permission when someone says, hey, here's my super stupid thing that I put Jesus' name on to fully reject what they've said to you and to tell them to sell that crap somewhere else. Yep. Um, uh, push. Hey, I know you don't mean it this way, but it's super offensive and kind of makes me want to punch you. Right. So why don't you leave and never bring this up to me ever right. again? And don't talk like this to anyone else. Do not ever say Someone these words again. Someone will punch you. I'm saved, so I'm not punching you. I'm thinking about punching I'm you. Think, I'm almost super punching you. To. I super want to. So someone else is liable to just do it. And this is the thing. That's the best thing for you. It's also the best thing for them. Yes, it is. Um, you know, you, you get there's a lot of stuff in the church that goes around because no one has ever put a hand on their shoulder and said, don't ever talk that way to another yeah. human being. Yeah. Don't ever do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of people that will say things to you, this kind of stuff in particular, and it'll sound like they're super convinced of it. And if you push back at all, you say, you know, that's a stupid idea. And right. it directly contradicts the Bible. They go, oh, well, okay. Right. I, yeah, I, I was just trying to. I just was trying to help. I don't. Right. I don't know. I mean, right. I just you know, the, about three quarters of the people that are on that will back down immediately. Right. Yeah. They haven't um, even thought it through. Exactly. Right. And the other twenty five percent will double down, right. and that's your sign you don't want a further relationship of yes. any kind with that person. That's right. Um, the key thing is, we're so sorry people are saying this stuff to yes. you. Loneliness sucks. It's a terrible way Mm -hmm. to feel. It's a terrible place to be. Um, God understands that's not a sign of weak faith on your part. God created you to want to exist in community. He Mm -hmm. made you that way. He has a plan to fulfill that. For most of the people listening to this, that plan is going to center around a marriage. It's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. God has a plan to deal with your loneliness. Don't let anybody make that problem harder by making up new sins that you you. may be committing. Thank you. It's been a really fantastic point. And uh, Lee, we were talking uh, a little while ago, and you are making a fantastic point that one of the weird things about our current um, kind of social media thing, when the way that bleeds in church, is everybody's got their sermon in their pocket for you. <laughs> yeah. Ready hmm. to go. And uh, to Jed's point, maybe uh, we just don't listen to those people and our lives will be better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do think it's a weird thing about where our culture is right now, just kind of, a, you know, in the, really the, the young side of what social media is and, and what, what it means for our society. But one thing it does mean is everybody's got a stump, so everybody's got their stump speech. Mm. And everybody's everybody's automatically turned up at the same volume. And so if you pay yeah. attention to it, you know, rando person who has no experience in anything has the exact same number of characters per tweet as this person over here who has a PhD in whatever. They yeah. each get 140 characters per tweet. So everybody's got the same volume. I want to read a proverb to you. This comes from Proverbs chapter 13. And again, this I'm, I'm going to sound like I'm kind of beating a dead horse here, but I want to talk about discernment again, just kind of again. <laughs> but this is important. We can use as much as you've got, dude. Yeah, uh, this is from Proverbs chapter 13. It says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, the reason that I love this verse so much is that, like for me, for instance, I have very carefully, very carefully in my life And over many years of trial and error and a a lot of experience, I have determined who I uh, have credentialed to get a VIP pass, who I let speak into my life. That has been 
that 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 pro, there's an application process there's a there's a there's a grace period there's mm-hmm. uh you know there are callbacks there's all that kind of stuff we have a we have a, a test balloon period you know where you know maybe a new person moves in i give you a little leeway and stuff like that now too many infractions you are fired you are yep. you are fired collect your things and go talk to the office about the severance package. This is over now. Because I want wisdom. I want to know how to live my life well. I want to surround myself with a very small group of very wise people who have beautiful walks with the Lord, who are serious about serving people, who serve me, who I can learn from, and all this kind of stuff. I want those people in my life. Now, here's the, here's the thing that's going to sound kind of cutthroat. I simply do not care about anybody outside of that circle's opinion of anything. Yeah. Right. Anything. So if, because Jed's exactly right. You cannot go around to the entire world and, and, and stop everybody from saying uncool stuff to you, whether that's, and, and this goes outside of our particular question asker. Um, it may, it, you know, somebody else, it may be something else that somebody always says stupid to you. You can't put out, you can't get everybody on planet Earth to get on the same page about what's uncool to say to you. But here's what you can do. You can decide, I don't credential anybody outside my pocket of wise people that I hang with. I don't credential anybody else with a VIP pass to affect my emotions or to affect the way I see myself. Yeah. Amen. Because uh, the wise person walks with wise people. But a companion of fools suffers harm. So I just don't want to be a companion of fools. <clears throat> There's a lot of foolish people, but I don't really care what you say. And yeah. and that and that takes a it takes a long time. It takes reps. But getting to the place where you know what whatever whatever you have to say about it, I don't really respect your opinion. And that's really the fact of it. You decide I don't respect your opinion, and that's what it is. And that's yep. but it takes a lot of discernment. There's a lot of great stuff on that. Glenn, why don't you close us out? Well, I think uh, uh, one of the things we're learning here is uh, there are a certain amount of married people out there who are completely full of crap. Almost all of them. (laughs) And so (laughs) uh, I don't know if you can dig it. Uh, Physical affection before marriage? I can't imagine such a thing as a married person (laughs) myself. Yeah. (laughs) This uh, This is a thing. I assume you're a fairly young person. Here's the thing. Uh, when you are not married, everyone wants to know when are you going to start dating. Yep. When you're dating, they want to know when you're going to be engaged. When they're engaged, when you're engaged, they're going to want to know when's the wedding date. Have you set a wedding date? When you get married, they're going to wonder when are you going to start having kids. When you have kids, you want to know when are these kids going to get into a good preschool. Yep. What are they going to major in college? It never ends. Yep. Then eventually, people just start asking you when you're going to die. <laughs> right. <laughs> And this isn't because they're schmucky, even though it's kind of would be indicative of that. It's really just more they don't know what else to ask. They don't know how to whatever. They don't know how to talk about the weather like people. Yeah. This is a thing of uh, don't take that as some sort of a consensus that they're all saying you need to do this or you need to not do this. Um, I want to zoom in on the part about Jesus not being enough for us. Here's the thing, uh, because Christians have screwed up dating so badly. I mean, you looked at secular dating, you said, well, that's sinful, that's evil. And then you created something that somehow is worse, is way worse. 
I mean way worse. So much more damaging. I mean psychologically, virulently, culturally, e- culturally just evil. Ruinous. Just awful. I mean, you couldn't have screwed it up any worse than what you did. <laughs> so, therefore, let's make sure we understand this. When you're talking about dating and Christianity, it's not either be committed to God and have him be number one in your life or be married. Right. That's not the choice. God is number one in my life as a married dude. Yep. That w- that existed before I got married. When I met my wife and we started talking about dating, I told her, here's the thing you need to know. God is number one. You are number two. That's how it's going to be forever. That's never going to change. Get your mind around it. If God says A and you say B, we're going with A. That's how it goes. My wife, being who she was, said, guess what, little man? Same story goes back to you. <laughs> I said, uh-oh. I said, beautiful. This is, yeah, let's do it. You know, everybody, we're all good with this. That's how marriage is supposed to look. It's a three-legged stool. There's you, you there's your spouse, and there's God. All together. Everybody's holding up an element. Or you lose an element and somebody's not doing their bit we're going to fall down this is how this goes so i i hate this idea i mean i really hate this idea of uh wanting to be married means you aren't putting jesus first enough and you want someone else to replace jesus if that's the case let's diagnose that as a separate thing just wanting to be married doesn't mean that you aren't satisfied in jesus i think that's a that's a it's an inappropriate uh, uh, observation to make, and it's a, it, it's wrong to to look at someone on sort of uh, just glossing over the surface and, surface and saying, "Okay, you want the you want X, therefore I have diagnosed and and made an assumption of what your reasons are, mm. and then I can say, therefore here's the condemnation for that. Mm. That's not what ministry is. Nope. So uh, as all these other fellows are saying." That's a person I need to really put on the back burner where I'm just not really listening to anything they say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's a weird thing kind of going on here, which is what one of the underlying things you're seeing here is um, one of the many lies that Christians tell each other is, hey, man, we're all just a work in progress. I totally believe that. None of them believe that. Yeah, right. Nobody in church believes that because you look at somebody and say, well, you know, I'm not married and I'd like to be married. They say, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what deep spiritual brokenness do you have? Like, but the Bible says that that marriage is good. I'm just not there yet. I'd, I'd like something that I have not achieved yet. Right. Wow, that's, do you, do you want to pray for you about that? Right. Sounds pretty bad. <laughs> but, and that can only exist in someone who is kind of, as we talked about maybe in the, la- in the last episode about someone making an argument to try to convince themselves with mm-hmm. uh, scare people, mm-hmm. that's someone who hates everything about their life but is pretending it's all great. Yep. Right, right. So right, they right. have to convince themselves, I mean, if you just love Jesus, everything's great. You have everything you want. Right. I hate right. my spouse, and I'm really disappointed in my kids, and I hate my job, and I hate this church, and I hate my face, but it's great. Yeah. Right. I'm super right. contented. Right. Like, you can be contented in the actual sense of that word and still want stuff. Yeah. That's right. That's actually the way that's supposed to work. Yeah. Right. That's right. But it's kind of the, uh, as we refer to, as I referred to in the show before, kind of the shiny happy Christian syndrome of, you know, it's all great. That's a lie. Yeah. That's, that's right. constantly a lie. That's, that's right. a lie uh, Christians tell. It's a lie Mary Christians tell. If you're up here with us, that's a lie pastors tell. Yep. Right. It's all going awesome. Right. Sure right. it is. <laughs> right. But again, that to leaves the sermon point of we have to 
No, and it's not an aggressive thing because this because all people's issues they come by um, honestly. But you just have to know someone to say, okay, this person just doesn't. They're they're as we refer to the bridge. They're preaching at me. Right, right, right. And uh, right. that's just we we don't ask them questions anymore. Yeah, that's right. Just that's walk right. into the church this year. How you doing today? Doing great. Don't break stride. Keep moving. Right. <laughs> right. All right, moving on to the last question here. It comes in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox, and it says, Is it okay to be mad at God? I've gone through a lot, and the repressed anger from that has caused a distance from him. To a certain extent, I feel like I deserve the trials I go through, or that they're for a greater reason, so there's nothing to resolve. But when I do start to get honest about how I feel, I think everyone, I think of everyone who has it much worse than me, so who am I to complain? Maybe it's just a lot of false guilt about, <laughs> but for the life of me, I don't know how to get real with God. Lee, you want to start us off? Uh, well, appreciate the question. Uh, thanks for writing in to us. And I, I know it doesn't feel like it where you're sitting, but you're actually, uh, you're actually already winning this fight. And the reason I say that is that you wrote the question into us. Um, and uh, let me break this down a little bit. So you, you've got a lot of stuff going on that you're feeling, and you're feeling very, very upset with God. And, and basically, the enemy is throwing the kitchen sink at you, all kinds yeah. of guilt. You know, you have this, you know, I, I, sh- I shouldn't feel this way because of the comparative intensity of other people's trials. You know, very vague-sounding Christian stuff about contentment, etc. All of that stuff that the enemy wants you to feel is designed to make you stay away from God. Because the, he doesn't want you to go to God and be honest about the way that you feel, which is, I'm going through a terrible time, and I hate the way this feels, and I feel like you're being unfair, and I need some answers on this, and I need you to help me to figure it out. Uh, the, the enemy doesn't want you to do any of that. So all of that guilt stuff, all of that is designed to keep you pacified and staying away from God. But here's the thing is you've come to us about it and we're going to point you towards Jesus. We're going to tell you to go straight to him with, with all of that exactly as it is. And so it's, you're actually getting the kitchen sink thrown at you and you haven't backed down and you're actually moving towards the Lord, which is really, really cool because I know it feels like, man, you probably feel like, man, I'm getting my butt kicked on this thing. You're actually in a really good place, and you're right yeah. around the corner from this thing getting unlocked. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you for writing this in and for saying it like it is. And what I would say is, you, you know, you already know I've got a bunch of sludge and a bunch of funky stuff in my attitude and in my heart about this. Go straight to the Lord with that the way it is right now. Mm-hmm. Say everything mm-hmm. that you're feeling about it. And then see what happens next. So I, I would actually just start this off by saying, "Way to go! You're doing the you're you're doing this mm-hmm. right. You're heading in the right direction, and, uh, and and we're proud of you on that." Yeah, we are. That's a really great yeah. place to start, Jed. Maybe you can pick up with this. This is something we talk about on the podcast for. It's super important. Um, is it okay to be mad with God? If that's the way you feel, yes, because feelings can't actually be wrong. No doubt about it. If there's one thing I, I wish I could just put into the heads of all Christians everywhere, it's that feelings are neither good nor bad. They, right. they don't have a moral component to them. Right. Given that, don't judge your feelings. Right. Don't, don't, don't evaluate whether they're right, don't evaluate whether they're wrong, because they're neither of those things. Right. They, they just exist. Mm-hmm. They, just, they just are. Um, the, the they're thing, really just a byproduct of something else, and it's the something else we need to pay attention that's to. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But the problem is if we won't acknowledge the feelings and talk through the feelings, we can't figure out what that something else is. Exactly. That's the thing that we've got to get yes. to. Yes. Um, or on the flip side of that, it's the same thing, but it's just coming from the other side. If we want to run everything by positive feelings— 
then when negative feelings come up, that either has to be a catastrophe or something we just bury. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely right. Um, There is nothing wrong. In fact, there is everything right. And this is what Lee was just describing to going to God in prayer and saying, God, here is a download of the thoughts and feelings that are in my head. I'm aware many of them uh, point in a bad direction. Um, I'm aware many of them may not be tethered to reality. Um, I'm aware that many of them may come from a place of doubt. Uh, I'm not claiming I'm right. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying mm-hmm. this is where I'm at. Right, uh, right. This is this is what I'm dealing with. I you asked the question. You said I don't know how to get real with God. It is regular for me to go to God and say, "Here are my doubts. Right. I recognize they are doubts. Uh, right. I, I recognize I should not be doubting you." I am. Right. I recognize maybe these are exact situations in which you've come through for me before, but still, I got doubts. Right. I got da- now. I'm going to tell you about them. Right. I need you to hear that. And the I, Lord and I and I expect that I may be embarrassed in some part of this process when you explain how this really works. But so I, I know I'm going to be wrong, but I still feel it. Absolutely, I still feel it. I need to tell you about it, and God understands that. Yeah, yeah. God's not offended by that. God's Ooh. not put off by that. God wants to take those burdens off of you, yeah. and the way that that unburdening process begins is with expression as glenn said there's something lurking down underneath and behind those feelings and that's the thing we need to find that's the thing we need to get to and the more that you talk through with the lord your doubts your feelings the more you're going to get a sense of what's driving those feelings what that is and therefore what to do about it the one thing i would encourage you to do you're already doing as lee said a tremendous job of being honest is i'd really encourage you to find a mentor or a pastor or a counselor that you can talk through this stuff with as well in person Um, I think that will that will help uh, too. Uh, um, that's not a sign that you don't think Jesus is enough. Right. <laughs> for our last question, um, wow. if you've got stuff that's hard that you're dealing with, you owe it to yourself to be honest with the Lord in prayer, but to also have other people that you can be honest with, mm-hmm. because they're going to be able to help reflect back to you the things that you're not seeing, what that thing that's driving all of it is. But the key thing is, your feelings are not good or bad. Um, it's uh, uh, they Don't judge them. It's only what you do with them. And the right thing to do with them is to process through them with the Lord and with the person you trust to get to the other side of them. Mm-hmm. That's that's all really fantastic stuff. Glenn, you want to close us out on this? For sure. Um, here's the... I'm going to try to explain this uh, from uh, the perspective of, I think... All the things that you think are wrong here about your thinking are actually pretty much on target yeah. and and will will get you in the right direction. It may look messy on the way, but you'll get where you're going and all the things that you think are wrong. On the things that you think um, are at least covering that or, or, or the right ways of looking at this are horribly wrong and <laughs> sinful and terrible, and you should stop it. Okay. So, we'll dive in and see what we have. You say, is it okay to be mad with God? Well, here's the thing. if I don't know if you can relate to this. God has done stuff that definitely uh, I've been angry about. Yeah. And he did it deliberately. Yep. <laughs> I think there are times the Lord pushed that button within me for me to jump up, get mad, and say, 
hey, I'm mad. And God said, oh, are we talking about this now? Or, yeah. are we, or, I didn't know we were talking. Wow. I haven't heard from you in a bit. I see. Well, it's good to have a conversation. Also, are you enjoying doing it your way? How's that working out for you? <laughs> you know, are you mad at me? Why are you mad at me? You're the one screwing it up. You should be mad at you. I'm trying to help you out here. What are we talking about here? And I say, oh, I'm an idiot. Thank you. And now, now, now the process can move forward. Right. Anger triggered that. You sure. know, anger was just the thing that set that off. But the honest conversation I was having with God on that gave me all that revelation. That's the breakthrough, you see. Me going to God and saying, and, and I'm pouting, you know. I'm sure. saying, I don't, want, I don't want to have any problems. I want to have a trouble-free life, God. And I'm distressed when that doesn't happen. And God's saying, whoa, well, okay, here, guess what, though? Here's this. And you, by, by wrestling with that and having that conversation, what comes out of that is this very tight, very intimate, very close relationship with God. No question about it. If your view of God is that he is put off by you being honest, you do not understand God yet. So you're at square zero with your Christianity. That's okay. But the thing that you think might be wrong here, the, uh, being honest and, and expressing anger towards God, is actually the most healthy instinct that you've got. But here's the wrong. You want to know where you're wrong and what to be concerned about. Here's the wrong stuff. I deserve the trials I go through. <laughs> no. Cancel. That's a wrong thought. First yeah. of all, you deserve way worse than, the, the, than the, the stuff you're going through. So that doesn't track at all. Second of all, I remember Jesus hanging on the cross. Yeah. What was he hanging on the cross for? That's him hanging on the cross for, 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 uh, uh, for the things that, that you did. He's the one that, that took the punishment for that, not for you, not, not you, you know. Uh, 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 you know, or you say also maybe there's a gra greater reason for all these things happening. Could be, but the only way you find out is if you're honest and tell God mm -hmm. you're angry. Mm -hmm. So again, uh, that thinking uh, po should point you in the right direction, but it's pointing you in the opposite direction. Here's another one. Everyone has it so much worse than me. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> See? You're glossing over stuff. You're spiritualizing it. That's something you say that makes you sound holy to you. Yeah. It's not honest. If it's not honest, that rhymes with lying. Lying is not holy. Lying is not righteous. Lying is not sanctified. Lying is not how we move forward in our relationship with God. That's got to go. Here's another one. Who am I to complain? Well, dude, it's you. You're the one experiencing it. <laughs> you know, you're not going to be right. That's the part you have to embrace. Yep. You're, 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 you can sense that you wouldn't be right in this argument. You're definitely right about that. You, you, you're, we're going to find out that you don't have a point. Yep. Okay. Not really, really. Uh, uh, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't have the conversation. Yep. You know, if I, if I have a, th there are a lot of times where I might have a conflict with my wife, and I'll say to her, I know I'm wrong. I don't know how I'm wrong, but I'm mad because this is happening, <laughs> and it's frustrating me. I know I must be have done something wrong somewhere to create the situation, but I need it explained to me. So that's what's going. I go to the Lord with that all the time, uh, and and then finally you mentioned false guilt, and I think there's there, that's what you're looking at. This is not conviction. Here's yeah. what conviction looks like: when the Lord comes into your life and says, "You are better than this. Mm. You." are better than this. You are down in this. You are wallowing in your condition. You're feeling sorry for yourself. You're beating up on yourself. 
It's unholy, it's unrighteous, it's ungodly. You are hiding from me. You want to know what the number one sin is? There is hiding from God. Yeah. That's the one thing he does. He wants you to come close. He, God uh, would rather you come forward and say a thousand awful, mean, rude, dumb things <laughs> than he would for you to run away yeah. and hide. Yeah. And pretend that you're sort of being holy by not saying that awful stuff to God. The, I, that's the way God is. Yeah. I don't. It, I don't want you to come and say awful things to me. I, I'm a different kind of person. God says I want my lost sheep to be with me, mm-hmm. and uh, even if that involves uh, a, a little bit of a raw conversation good stuff and healing comes from that and god is wise enough to know that absolutely one very tiny thing i would tack on at the end of all that fantastic stuff is um this idea of you know that we all fall into this trap a little bit and depending on the kind of environment we're raising you may have got a lot of like, so people other people have it so much worse than me who am i to god is infinite just say it yeah yeah bible says cast all your cares lord it says pray continually so just there's you're you're it's not that you pray about your thing and there's some person in Africa whose prayer doesn't get you know you cut in line on the line was busy right. couldn't yeah, get through it's an right. infinite right. means just say it right. so thank you so much Amen. for listening if you have a question for us say that podcast at gmail.com thebridgechicago.tumblr.com we're going to take you out with our friend Haley Connor singing a song Jed wrote many years ago for Bridge called Bigger Than My Fears really cool version of that take out of that just remember we love you God bless you there's nothing you can do about it so I guess there's no award for best outro comment hmm that's fine (laughs) (laughs) 